Welcome to another edition of Pod Jerky. I'm your host, Director Awesome. And of course, I'm joined by my lovely wife, Mrs. Awesome. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. And today we're going to do a brief episode. It's not going to be very long. We're going to talk about the Tinder swindler. We decided to jump on the train and uh, have a, a watch of this uh, train wreck of a uh, Netflix series. Um, what are your first, documentary. Yeah. What are your first thoughts on this series? On this show, actually, not series. So it started off kind of slow for me until you really got to into sort of what it was that he was doing and how like, yeah, his story of sort of how this extravagant lifestyle that he was leading. So until it got into that part, it was a little slow for probably about the first half hour. And then they really just kind of turned it on and you were kind of hooked watching the rest of it just to see kind of how it all came together. Yeah. I mean, for those who are listening right now, this is a little bit of a spoiler. Uh, We're going to talk about some of the stuff that went on in the show. Uh, So if you uh, haven't watched it and don't want to know, I'm not saying to tune out, but uh, there are spoilers in this episode. So uh, we basically start off with this guy, uh, Simon Leviev or Leviev, however you pronounce it. Uh, He's an Israeli um, citizen and he meets all of these women on Tinder. He's, he has a Tinder profile. Um, these women from, uh, I guess the ones that they were interviewing were Norwegian, I believe. Yeah, they and, were from all over Europe. Right. So the ones that were actually in the documentary, I believe, were from uh, Norway. Yeah. And uh, they start off by interviewing one of them and they go about this whole story of, yeah, like I'm looking to, to, to find love. And uh, I was looking online and I went through Tinder and we saw this guy's profile and his profile was extravagant. Now, the first picture that we saw on this documentary was of Simon with his parents in quotations there. Um, and his parents, he would say, are the richest diamond miners in the world. Yeah. Um, so he had put himself into a photo with uh, these people. And the first thing I said, that photo is photoshopped. I you told did them, say that. I, I said it right off the bat. I said that photo is photoshopped. Um, I said it, even just looking at it now, I don't know if that's my eye now because of all the editing work that I do that I actually realized that that was a photoshopped picture or if it just looked that like obvious to everybody. But by me looking at that photo, I, I saw that it was photoshopped. But anyway, what I will say is it was on our big screen TV versus a little like three by three photo on on your phone. Right. The right. average person probably wouldn't have seen it. Right. So I, I think I would have still picked up on it if it was on uh, on my phone or whatever it was, because just I, I'm just used to that editing portion of it now. But um, it goes into this whole story of how he has all these like cars and gone on all these trips and that he's like very, very, very wealthy. Yes. And these girls say, well, he's you know, the son he's, of a diamond miner. Right. And, he, you know, these girls look into his profile. They say he's very attractive. And they, you know, swipe right or whatever it is that you do on Tinder. Um, It makes it a a match and they start to talk. Now, they get to talking and, you know, do their thing, whatever. And they eventually actually meet up with each other. Like relatively quickly. Relatively quickly. And And it's always at a really fancy hotel. And it's typically just for coffee for like an hour. Right. He's always on the move on to the next city. And so the initial meetup is always generally pretty quick and 
always at an extravagant location. Yes. And the, the reason that he has to leave all the time is for business. So he's he's traveling to Germany, he's traveling to Belgium, he's traveling over to like all these different countries yeah. for, for all these business deals that he has to do. So he's got um, a bodyguard. Uh, Peter is the name of his bodyguard, Piotr, um, in, in that language there. And he shows like, you know, here's my bodyguard. And this guy's a massive human being is a really, really yes. big guy. So you believe the story of, yes, he's got a bodyguard. He also has a business partner that, you know, you're not, you don't meet at all. You never, you just hear about him. So I guess he's doing other business dealings around the, around the way. So, um, you know, there's this whole story that's built up of who he is and what he's doing and why he's wealthy and, and all that. So um, the girls start to believe the whole story. But it's not even that he like, I think the piece that that maybe we're not explaining is, is he lives up to the story he's built. Right. You know, he 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 takes these people, these girls on these extravagant trips and they meet in extravagant locations and they join him in his extravagant lifestyle. Right. And so you I mean, they clearly believed that. This is who he was. He firsthand showed them the type of per- the type of lifestyle he was living. Exactly. But we find out later on why this is happening and kind of kind of blows your mind. Um, but we had kind of different bit. takes on the uh, end of it. Yeah. And uh, we had different opinions on it. And before we did this episode, you know, uh, Mrs. Awesome and I were talking and Mrs. Awesome actually said that I'm going to come off like a jerk in this episode. So <laughs> we will find out after we're done. Just because we have opposing views on yes. this. But we'll, we'll find out at the end of the episode if I sound like a jerk <laughs> or not. Um, I actually talked to somebody else about this uh, today and they agreed with my stance. And But they uh, didn't hear my side. They haven't heard your side yet. So no. um, we're, we're, we're going to kind of give it away now on what actually happens yeah. uh, without getting too much into it. Cause we do want you to watch the documentary, it's, but regardless of what we say, it's an entertaining two hours. Yes, it is to say the least. Now you, we come to find out at the end of the documentary that he's actually been swindling, uh, hence the twin uh, Tinder swindler, uh, all of these women. And he had been arrested in Finland uh, three years prior to, I guess, him meeting these these uh, newer women that he's met, and he swindled them out of a, a bunch of money as well. Uh, we're talking millions of dollars. We're not talking about a hundred bucks here and a hundred bucks there. Yeah. We're talking about thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, and all this. So what his whole plan was is he would meet one girl, he'd get them to give them money, and then he'd get on to the next girl by using that person's money, and so oh, on boy. and so on. So yep. they kind of compared it to like a Ponzi scheme where it was just, you know, one after the other, and it would just pay for the next one in line, Um, which was, was to me was really interesting because I was like, you know, that, that thought would never, ever, ever cross my mind to Mm -hmm. do something like that to another human being. But I did say, you know, the guy was incredibly intelligent to be able to get away with this because at the end of the day, you have to think about he built a lifestyle that he could prove right and built an extravagant storyline that for the average person who you're meeting would probably believe because he put his money where his mouth was and i right. think that that's the that's the piece that i think why these people fell for this is it's not like he was saying it but not showing it he was saying it and showing it and exactly. i think that that's where 
you know, when you think you care about somebody, you you tend to believe them when they tell you this stuff. So this is where yours and I opinion actually goes in opposite directions, because, you know, you you would say to, you know, everybody, okay, these women are victims of, you know, this fraudster. um, And and on my end, what I think, and this is where I'm going to come off as a jerk. I think these women are idiots. Um, I still think they're victims as well, but I think they're, they're also stupid because at the end of the day, if you look at it, okay, they're dating their boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is that their, their, their status is there at the end of the day, if you look at it and they say, okay, you know, I had to lend my boyfriend $10,000 and then, you know, the, the boyfriend says to her, I'm going to pay you back on Monday. And then by Monday, no money comes, but I need another $20,000. And then you go and you take out a loan for $20,000. Now the 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 payment's supposed to come in by Wednesday. Okay, the payment doesn't come in by Wednesday. Oh, I need another fifty thousand dollars because people are after me. The bank froze my accounts. Blah blah blah. The whole saying is, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool me three times. I, I, it's just that's your fault. That is your fault, and I don't believe that you are very smart in your decision making at that point. So I think that we're, and it's not that I just think that they're victims. It's the viewpoint, maybe it's because I'm a girl and sometimes we have a tendency to leave with our heart over our head. Um, at least in most cases I do. The, the piece is, is that, you know, he, he brings these women in, he shows them this extravagant lifestyle, but then he also shows them a ton of love and attention and affection and they build a bond really quickly. Now, whatever that might be. Some may say that was too fast to have fallen so hard for somebody. But when someone is like that with you, you have a tendency to find or have empathy for them when they're in a difficult situation. And he created such an extravagant storyline. He's, you know, a diamond dealer. Um, He had all the documentation, all of the he had built this elaborate lifestyle. So if you Googled him, and this was the whole point of the story is if you Googled anything he said to you, you could find information. And so it's not like these women thought that they were being lied to. They really truly believed everything he said, because you could literally Google it today and probably find the same information. And so, you know, when he says, I I live in a dangerous industry, I deal with some, some shady people. And when the person that you care about so much calls you and says, I'm in trouble. I'm, and then here's the kicker. He shows proof of the fact that they're in trouble. What you've come to realize towards the end of the documentary is it is also all fabricated. Like everything he tells you is fabricated, but he's putting proof in front of these people, right? Like photos of them getting beaten up in the back of an ambulance and all these pieces. And then he's saying, I need money. I need help. I need to be able to get out. I can't use my credit cards. They can find me. I mean, like technology, Christ, you can find anybody on a phone um, if you really wanted to. So he's just, he's just so intelligent enough to have built and has all the proof in the world. And so frankly, if some guy were to, whom I'm dating is calling me in that situation and you've built a relationship with each other and he's calling and saying, Hey, I'm in trouble. I need money. I don't think that the average person would be like, I'm not going to not help you. No. And so this is where I think you and I differ now. No. I do agree with you is the volume of money. And then the one girl, the story and the things that he did to allow her to get the credit 
that put her in the death that she got into. Like those were some serious red flags that she clearly didn't see that I think you and I agree, both agree on that were serious red flags that would be like, whoa, okay. At that point, this doesn't feel right. Right. And she followed through with it. Um, And I think that this is where you and I have a bit of a different opinion. Like it, if someone were to call and ask for that and you care about them deeply, the likelihood is you're probably going to do what you need to do to help them. Yes. But okay. So the logical part of my brain would be thinking at first, all he kept saying is my enemies, my enemies, my enemies are after me. The logical play, the logical point of my brain would be asking who are your enemies? I I need to know this stuff. I'm your, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whatever it is uh, for the certain situation that you're in. You need to tell me who these people are, what's happening, this and that. The second part that the logic would still kick in on my own end is because a lot of people, you know, when we talk about the vaccines is a lot of people say that these vaccines are tracker chips and whatever. Guess what? So is your cell phone. Your cell Mm -hmm. phone, you can trace wherever you said it just, you know, five minutes ago. Hold on, hold on. (laughs) The cell phones are tracker chips like exactly they yeah, can, yeah. Find, you can exactly, find anybody you can find anybody you want in you know in the world on your cell phone now this guy was texting and calling and all this stuff from his cell phone so why wouldn't you put two two together and say well if they froze my credit cards they can still find me on my phone right so that was the logical part of my brain thinking but that didn't way he say he had burner phones when he was calling them or something he had some burner phones but it was still coming up as you know his his uh, number and all and his name and all that. So that that was the logical part of my brain that was thinking that now not saying that they're not victims because yes, they absolutely got scammed. But again, the amount of money that they were giving out and the amount of times that they gave the money was a little bit ridiculous for me to not say, you know what, these, these women are not very bright in what they're, they're doing. Now we didn't get his side of the story because we don't get to see him in the documentary because well, he, he refused, right? Yeah, so, he opted not to reply to the right, and the uh, he actually sent in something saying he was going to sue the documentary makers, yeah, uh, to make money. So you know, this guy is just out there scamming for everything. Now, the end of the the episode, you actually see, okay, he got played by one of the women he was dating. So he yeah. was dating a woman for fourteen months. Yeah, that's um, the crazy one, and, and that's that's a long time. So. She had figured out that he was dating somebody else um, and doing the same thing to her that was being done to herself. Um, well, someone warned her and said, go and read this article, right? Because the two, right. the original two girls in the documentary um, went to a journalist and and like a newspaper, uh, pretty high up there um, newspaper in Norway. And they kind of helped do all the research to figure out the backstory and everything and to to see if it was actually true. And it turns out it was probably a lot worse than they actually thought. Yeah. So she ends up going to this newspaper and they figure it out that this is the guy that was arrested in Finland. Um, So they look up his picture. Yep. This is the guy. This is the same guy. So she starts off with uh, trying to get money back from him. I mean, it's a little bit of money. It's not as much money. I don't remember exactly what her ploy was to get money saying she needed money in order to get the loan or something like that just to get it back. And she kept getting the money from him. No. So he had, um, he had come to her, I think because of this whole newspaper ad and how everything was being frozen and he was out of money. And so she said to him, you know, cause he, 
let's face it, he wore things like Versace and Gucci. And so his wardrobe alone was worth tens of thousands of dollars. And so she said, let me come meet you. I'll, um, I'll take your clothes. Cause she, I think she worked in the industry. She was working in fashion. Yes. And uh, she's like, I'll recoup your cash for you and I'll sell your clothes. And so she literally took his entire wardrobe and basically sold it on eBay. And kept saying that I'm going to send you the money as soon as yeah. it comes in. And yeah. then he kept calling and saying, where's my money? Stop playing games with me. Her. Stop playing games. And she recouped some of her money, which the player got played, which is which is great. I think, you know what, yeah. tit for tat there that's at that time. It's it's fine. Um, but, you know, but I mean, they were in a full blown relationship. 14 months is no joke. Well, what we thought was a full blown relationship, you know, like he did sleep I mean, with these don't... women. He did meet up with these Sorry. women. In her eyes, it was a committed relationship. They'd been together for 14 months. So what 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 happened? And I believe he met her parents. He met this one's parents as well. Yeah. But now what we've come to find out is the messages that he was sending each girl were exactly the same word for word. So it was almost yeah. like it was a computer program that was like actually sending paste. these out. You know, it's either copy paste or he had a program set up. And even the had, videos. Yes. The videos were exactly the same. It was yeah. just the name would change. However, he had to have a spreadsheet that had to keep track of all of this stuff because there's no <laughs> way in anybody's mind that you could keep track of all of this yeah. and keep the right story. Because if you met a girl with the same name as another girl, eventually you're going to screw up. Eventually you're going to get caught. Now, once this was like out to the newspapers and it came out, you know, they, they framed this guy. They said, you know, we found out where this guy was going and he was arrested, but he was arrested on a fake passport. That's all it was. He changed. He was arrested on a felony out of Israel originally. Yes. And they were looking for him. Yeah. Um, but they actually arrested him on a fake passport charge and yeah. that was it. And he's already out of jail. He served five so he, months of his pres- uh, sentence. Of, yeah. 15 months. He was originally um, sentenced to and he served five. Yeah. And he's so, he's back out. He's apparently back on. And he Tinder. is back on Tinder. Now, we're hoping that enough people have seen it, that they don't go on Tinder and the same thing happens. However, there's probably people in this world that don't watch a lot of TV and yeah. don't read the news or go online a lot, except, you know, the dating apps and, you know, yeah. that, 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 that they're going to get played as well. And they're going to start paying this guy again. And the sad yeah. part is, is, you know, you, you can go in front of a court and they can hear the case. But at the end of the day, he did nothing wrong, really, in terms of law, because they yeah. gave the money to him. Willingly steal it from them. They they willingly transferred it over to his account. Now, the part that I don't understand how he didn't get charged was or where the fraud doesn't come in. And maybe we just haven't heard all of the story is with the the first girl that you get introduced to in the documentary. Like he created a fake business account for her, right? He gave her like a CEO status of the supposed company that he worked for, which obviously he didn't. Um, That's the part I don't understand how he didn't get charged and then how that didn't build an actual case against how he swindled all this money. That's the only thing. And again, I don't, we don't know because he doesn't, um, he declines the interview, but I just feel like there's, there's a part of the story that feels missing because these women are responsible to pay back all of this money. Right. And it's like a quarter of a million for one girl. Um, and I think it's like 50 or 60 from another. And then I don't know about the one that he was in the long term relationship. I don't remember what her total was, but 
I'm I'm shocked he has not gotten fraud charges. But because okay. of just the schemes and things that he's pulled. Okay, so look at it this way. So you but and I don't I know are, the laws in Europe, so who knows? Right. Like, but you and I are married. We've been yeah. married for you know this. Uh, this year was our tenth. Um, yeah. Our our past. Uh, Have you been swindling me? So, but okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put it on <laughs> on you like this. We no, just when we just met. When we just met. Yeah. I don't want to play your game. When we just met and we started dating. Yeah. Would you have given me $250,000 if I kept asking to borrow money and asking you to take out loans? Would you have done it? I mean, after watching this, no. Um, I, no. I, well, listen, I didn't have $250,000. Yes, but you could have gone to the bank to get loans like they did. No, no, honey. I was not the greatest as far as my credit was when we met. So I would not have been able to get that. Okay, I had, let's, like, let's say you were able to. Would you have given me $250,000 no. of money? Or would no. you have said, hey, listen, you haven't paid back the first thousand or two thousand or whatever it is. Yeah. If you pay that back, then maybe they'll build the trust there. And then, you know, we'll get into maybe if you need more down the road, we can t- certainly talk about it. Or yeah. would you just keep on giving money? Well, listen, so th- you didn't fly me all over the world and treat me to extravagant vacations where I thought that this was a lifestyle that you needed to live. Like it's a very different circumstance. Now, in our reality, if you had asked me for a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars, I I probably would have to help you out. Right. So that's about two thousand dollars, but I can't do in, much with that. But fair, but that's in the realm of the reality that we were living. The reality that they were living was private jets and um extravagant parties and yachts and all like crazy vacations and like one of the girls was just friends. They never, they never had a romantic connection. Like she ended up just becoming friends with him and he still swindled her and they were just friends. Yeah. Right. So it, I feel it's not a fair comparison because I don't, we didn't live. We certainly did not live an extravagant lifestyle, but okay. Then put yourself in in that position, in that girl's position where he was taking, you know, extravagant trips and whatever. And then he just kept telling you, would there be a certain line that you would say, Okay, I can't give you any more right now. Yes. Or would you say $250,000? Here you go, like a little bit at a time. I wouldn't, myself, I wouldn't be able to do that. I would be able to say, you know what? This person, I'm not trusting this person enough because they keep on saying they're going to pay me yeah. back. They don't pay me back and then ask for more money. So again, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, right. shame on me. Fool me three, four, five times. I'm the, I'm the idiot here. Yeah. I'm the idiot for keeping it going. So yes, so, maybe I listen, come off I, sounding like a jerk here, but that's just the way I think about it. No, no. And listen, you're at some point, there would have been a big red flag that would have went up for me that wouldn't have sat well. But it's not to say that not everybody thinks the same way, obviously, hence right. why the world is the way the world is. And so, you know, whether it was, God, I don't know. It could be a million different things It as to why they chose to, to do it. Um I would have probably caught on to the red flag a little bit sooner. But the piece that I think where where he won them over was the fear, right? It's it's he showed proof of violence. They're in the back of an ambulance. For all we know, it was probably a bar fight and somebody got a cut. But the story that he told and the fear that he instilled about the safety of his life and his bodyguard, like if his own bodyguard got bodyguard got beaten up, then what's the likelihood that something bad is gonna happen? And if 
if the fear is instilled for someone that you care about, your judgment in all likelihood is not going to be as clear as it would be if this was just like, hey, I need to buy a car. Will you loan me $40,000? Correct. So I think he, the piece where I think he convinced them that he was doing, that they were doing the right thing was because he created the sense of fear and he also created a sense of urgency. So this wasn't like, hey, can you loan me this? Let's chat. Like, when you watch it, you'll see like he's very adamant and very uh, like he's got like a finger on them. Like he he's he's created a sense of urgency, which in a lot of cases for a lot of people does not give you a lot of time to sit back and think rationally about what the ask is. Right. Your adrenaline's probably going. He's in a different country. You don't really know what's happening. Like I said, he created a really elaborate, extravagant backstory. Absolutely. And, and I'm not saying that he didn't, but I have one question. Sure. Did they not have friends that sat there and talked through through this and they said, all admitted what they did? Are they all you doing? They did. Because but listen, when, know, when you're supposedly in love with somebody, you get tunnel vision and you don't want to hear the reality that's coming at you from either side. Because I know when I was younger, I did some stupid things. Uh, right, and because your friends, friends have convinced you. No, and my friends would say, "What the hell are you doing?" Sometimes I listened. Sometimes I didn't. Right. Um, but I knew the repercussions. I knew the repercussions of what I was doing. Um, but I still decided. But you still to do made it. some I bad still choices. Decided, I still made some bad choices. However, I knew those bad choices were not going to affect me in the long term in terms of what these people are doing. And I know it's not the comparison, but I had yeah. my friends on that side. That's what I'm, I'm trying to get at. But is, maybe they, they not weren't have their friends? even confiding in their friends because they realized how asinine it was to be sending him, you know, a forty thousand dollar wire transfer. They right, probably so. didn't even they probably didn't even think to tell their friends because they probably knew that they were going to get told. Right? right. So I think right. I just have a little bit more. I think that where our opinions differ is I have a little bit more sympathy for them. You do. You have more. It's, it, it's not that I don't have sympathy for them because I do feel bad on what happened to them. However, I don't feel bad in terms of how long they let it go and Fair. how much they gave to this guy without a red flag coming up. And Fair. that's that's where I think it it, it was a little bit um, overdone on their end. Yeah. Um, in terms of how much money they're giving, because I ain't giving nobody two hundred fifty thousand dollars without seeing a penny of it back. Yeah. Um, it's just not going to happen. I mean, I, these, these, I think one of the women took a second mortgage out or something like that. I had to borrow oh, up against yeah. her house or something yeah. like that. Um, just to get the money, just to give to this guy. And then he moves on to the next woman and spends right. the, you know, the money on that woman that way. Right. So I feel um, like there needs to be like a sequel to this because there were pieces of the story that they kind of dropped on you, but then you didn't get a ton of follow through on it yes. as well so there's still a lot of and again it all documentaries are one-sided yeah this is clearly on behalf of the victim um but like there's pieces about one of the women that was on the plane when this girl first uh met him who claims to be the mother of his child i assume that's accurate we don't really know they don't really tell you otherwise so you assume that this woman is in fact the mother of the child that's on who is apparently simon's kid who they later find out was one of the victims from Finland. And she is very much still in the picture, but then they don't really elaborate any more on that story. So you think like there's, there's probably so much more that yes. there is to yes. this story that is not being told. Well, um, my assumption is with her is that he's paying her off to be part of the story now 
Maybe. Uh, to try and get these women to start forking over the money because she sits there and she says, oh, he's a great guy. He's this, yeah. he's that. I mean, really meanwhile, you know, three years ago, you were in court testifying against him yeah. for doing the same thing to you. Now he's got to be on her or she's got to be on his payroll Maybe. Uh, in order for this to be happening. Otherwise, why would she be doing that? Because yeah. is she creating fraud on this end now too? Because Maybe. She went to court to testify against him when maybe something didn't really happen. And she was like lying in court. And, and God only knows if that really is his kid. Right. Right. Because you because the way that it reads on the documentary is that is, in fact, his child. And if it is, God help this world, because he's just raising somebody who's going to continue the tradition, I believe. Yeah. Um, they, like I mean, he has no ties to his family whatsoever. His mom has basically disowned him, you know. Anyway, it's a great watch. Yes. So, yeah, definitely recommend to go and check that out. I know we said this was going to be a very, very short episode. Uh, however, it turned into a little bit longer of an episode, but that's OK. I mean, we had a, a, a good. good combo. Uh, yeah, we had a good chat here about it. So definitely go and check out that documentary. It's called The Tinder Swindler. And you can check that out on Netflix. You have any final last words? No, it was great. I enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, it was a really good one good. today. So. Um, of course, so we're going to end this episode and hopefully you will go check out the documentary. And of course, you can always find us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Jerky. You can also find us on our link tree. That's L-I-N-K-T-R-E-E. Sorry, let me do that one again. You can find us on our link tree. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E forward slash Pod Jerky. You can find us on our bite size. That's B-Y-T-E-S-E-S-I-Z-E dot M-E forward slash pod jerky. As always, stay safe, be kind to each other, and we will see you later. Pod jerky.